I done that. All right, take it away. Or you want me to? You want me to lead? I got it. All right. Yo, what's up, guys? This is podcast number four. We're episode. We're excited. Life kind of how it was on Monday. A little slow week when it comes to sports and breaking news. We're gonna try our best to talk about it. So okay. with Maddie being H double today on the docket, we have NFL some games to talk about, especially my Patriots. That'll be exciting. Awesome NBA Summer League, and then we'll talk about a game that happened last night um, called the Field of Dreams between the Yankees and the White Sox. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much what <laughs> the schedule is. Um, All right. Any any news? Anything you want to say, Charles? Before we get into the preseason? No, nothing. There's nothing that I want to say. Really, no big updates. So yeah, I'm ready. Ready to jump into it. Uh, you want to start with the Patriots and Washington football team preseason game? Yeah. There was there was yeah. two games last night: the football team and the Patriots. And then also we had the Eagles and the Steelers, I believe. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I've got the the stats pulled up now. The Patriots, we'll talk about that game first. They won 22 to 13. Uh, I mean, there's really not much that you can take away from this game. I mean, the biggest thing is, you know, there's kind of a debate about Cam Newton versus Mac Jones, who's going to get the starting job. I mean, honestly, you're the Patriots fan. You paid attention to this game a lot more than I did. Uh, tell me what you thought about both of their performances. And then, honestly, you can tell me who you think starting week one. You can go ahead and say it now. I mean, that's obviously might change in a couple weeks. Uh, but give me your early thoughts. Yeah, so um, I was actually referencing the soccer last night, so I didn't get to, like, really, like, watch it, watch it. I, I watched mm-hmm. highlights and, and tried to read up on it as much as I could. Um, it's unfortunate because I was really excited to kind of watch because I know that Mac Jones is going to and Cam Newton is going to play too at the same time. Really excited to watch that. Um, but from what I saw, from what I read, and what I'm hearing, um, you know, Cam did okay, not great. But Mackin's really impressed. His like incompletion was to a receiver who should have had it. It hit his hands and he dropped it. You know, and when and those are just yes, he says incomplete on the quarterback but really it should be an incomplete on the receiver um and so whenever you look at it i think that was like the third string third string option i was working with and so that receiver probably isn't going to be there for the patriots you know you're probably gonna have someone else like a jacoby myers or jonu smith or or nikhil harry someone who has better hands you know i mean not saying it's a julio jones but someone who has better hands to where they probably will catch it. Um, but I really liked how Matt Jones commanded the pocket and how he threw. It has a really nice type. Um, I mean, I watched him in Alabama, and I didn't like him because he was all in Alabama. Like, he was a really good player, and I was like, man, he's good, but I don't want him to win. <laughs> but now that yeah. he's a Patriot, now I want him to, to do well and be good. And, and I think he has all the tools successful he is a little tom brady-esque a little bit um you know yeah. not as not as mobile as some other quarterbacks like your boy lamar jackson but his knowledge of the game is really good he makes and yes i know people say that tom brady just throws slants 
But here's the thing. Tom Brady has rules, so it obviously works, right? So I think that's good. Honestly, though, I do think Cam starts week one just because Cam knows the offense and having a threat is nice. But I don't know how confident I am to say that Cam Newton is the starter for all seven games. I would say if Cam starts struggling, like what he did after he got COVID last year, Mac Jones is in, and and I think he he goes off. So it'll be interesting to see if we get the pre-COVID Cam Newton because we're balling before COVID, and then after he got COVID, he kind of regressed. So yeah, interesting to see what happens there. To be fair, in terms of you know the pre-COVID Cam Newton, was it only two or three games before, right? It was four. Oh, it was four? I remember the, the first yeah. two, he was really good. And the, those other two, he was still pretty good. But, I mean, that's not a huge sample size, but it, it is a little glimpse of what he was able to do because a couple of those yeah. games, he was really well, good. And I do have to say, um, for the Patriots, they had the most opt-outs for the COVID season, and now yeah. those guys are all back. I mean, granted, a lot of them are on defense, but there were some offensive guys, like offensive tackles, who were in the opt-out thing, opt-out list. So the Patriots will look a lot different this year. And, you know, it was bad to not make the playoffs, but I was okay. I kind of knew we weren't going to make the playoffs last year. There was a little slimmer of hope. I was like, oh, maybe if Cam plays like Cam of old, got COVID, and it kind of was just like a uh, yike type season, you know. Um, but this year, I think, I mean – I think it would be way better. We spent $150 million in free agency. We got Jonu Smith, Hunter Henry, yeah. and Kendrick Bowen, two tight end wide receiver. Oh, and Nelson Aguilar. So, you know, a lot of weapons. And I think what's happening is I think what they're trying to do is maybe put Mac in because when Tom Brady was at, like, not his peak, but everyone was like, he's probably the greatest quarterback right now, was when he had – two tight ends set with Rob Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez. And I'm not saying that Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith are at that same level. I, I think Gronkowski is better than both of them. And I think Hernandez is comparable to Jonu Smith, you know. Um, but I think with Mac, that would be helpful. So I think they're setting it up for future. Um, I just don't know when Mac Jones starts. Right. But I think Cam starts week one. But it'll be interesting to see because there's two more preseason games left for the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, let's see. Let me see who they're playing. I, I'm pretty sure they're playing the Giants in the line. Let me see. Um, okay, they play Eagles. Yeah, and then the Giants. So that'll be interesting right. to see kind of what they do. And then September 12th is whenever they play uh, the Dolphins. That's their week one game. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see how it all goes down. So yeah, that's some uh, takeaways from, from that game. I like the comparison between Mac Jones and Cam Newton in terms of like their physical appearance and how Cam Newton's basically got like an eight pack and he's shredded and Mac Jones kind of got like a little belly, but they're all talking about that's the Patriot way for a quarterback, you know, cause Tom Brady looks similar to that. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. I'm looking at the stats now. Um, I didn't see much. I didn't watch any of this game, honestly. I haven't watched any highlights, I'll be honest. Well, no, I watched a, a couple highlights because I 
I saw it was on last night. I was watching some of the Eagles game when it was halftime. And yeah, Mac Jones, I saw one of the throws where he, he led the receiver. It was like a perfect throw and it was pretty good coverage, but it was a perfect throw, but the guy just didn't make the catch. I think that was the, the catch you were referring to, but he threw like a really good ball. And it was a pretty deep one too. So that shows kind of potential. I think he has. And so I do think he's, you know, I think he will eventually start for this team. Um, they view him as their franchise quarterback. I mean, we'll see if that happens, but I think I agree with you. Cam Newton will, will start week one, but I do think he's going to lose the job eventually. Um, but if he doesn't, that's still, you know, for the, if he plays great, that's good for the Patriots because Mac Jones can just take a year to, to learn, you know, and develop even more. But obviously he's a clear-cut future at quarterback. I wanted to say, though, I'm looking at the stats. You know who Ramondre Stevenson is? Who, uh, uh, yeah, he's like the third string or fourth string running back. They picked he had a really him. great run. Yeah, they picked him in uh, this year's draft. Uh, I saw he's yeah. got – he had two touchdowns, 120 – Seven yards, a ninety-one yard run. So, yeah, yeah, I think he's gonna be the backup to like Tony Michelle and um and uh, Damian Harris. I think Dam- I mean Damian Harris is gonna be the starter, not Michelle. But I think you know, um, you know, the Patriots love to use running backs. You know, like we had you know James Roy, Deion Lewis. Um, I mean, yeah. Rex Burkhead. I mean, we always have at least three or four you know, sometimes on the field, like I know, I remember in the Super Bowl, sometimes we'd have Burkhead, White, and Deion Lewis, like kind of all in the field. Mm-hmm. And so it was kind of like, okay. So and I think that's what they're going to try to do. I think what they're going to do is maybe have is Damian Harris be like the workload, the work back, you know, and then yeah. have Michelle and um, Stevenson kind of split carries and do like that change of pace type, different type of player type thing. Yeah. That's what I think they're going to try to do. Um, I mean, with, with the preseason, you can't put, like, too much stock in all these things. Right. I know because sometimes yeah. people aren't that good. Um, mm-hmm. But from what I saw last night, he did good. He looks big. And I think, you know, I think he'll be good. I, I mean, I'm not going to say he's the next, you know, hmm. Derrick Henry or anything like that, you know. But I yeah. do think he can have a, a, a – can contribute to the team. So I, I thought that I'll, was good to see. I'll be honest. I mean, maybe we'll see a change, but like for me, you know, because Sonny Michelle's been in the league for this is his fourth year now. Um, mm-hmm. He hasn't shown me too much. Now he's still a capable running back, but you know, he was a first round pick, and he hasn't really lived up to that, especially compared to his uh, college teammate Nick Chubb, who has really, you know, established himself as a top running back. I'm curious yeah. to see this when, is like this is probably a one of those years where Sonny Michelle's like, you know, contract year, like big year. If he has a big year, he's gonna get a, a big payday. But if not, then he's gonna really, you know, I don't know, we'll see what happens. So Yeah, I like Sonny Michelle when we picked him. Honestly, I'd rather would have had Chubb. Not because <laughs> of like now. Like I know hindsight is twenty twenty, but even when we picked him, me personally, I liked watching Chubb in high school. Granted, I thought Michelle and Chubb were both fine running backs um, in college with Georgia. Right. But I really wanted Chubb, and he was there. And he passed over him. Yeah. But here's, but here's the thing, though. I would rather have what we had in 2017, 2018 of going to Super Bowls. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, than the Browns. So I can't really complain, you know. 
So yeah. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not complaining because I think Michelle is still a running back. And like yeah. I said, last year it was really hard because the biggest offense, I mean, we didn't have any receivers. No one was catching. So everyone was just like, oh, they're going to yeah. run the ball. So that kind of sucks, you know, as a running back. And, you know, we had a lot of opt-outs. So I just really think last year you could just talk it up as a, it was just not the best team that we had, but we made it work. But this year's going to be better. Yeah, the Patriots, I feel like if, you know, a little missed a little bit in the last few drafts in terms of first round picks, which you wouldn't expect from them, you know, also the year after Nikhil Harry, who requested a trade from the Patriots. I mean, they picked him over, of course, you know, you can't pass up how many Super Bowls you guys have won, but, you know, they picked him over a really loaded uh, wide receiver class that year, A.J. Brown, Debo Samuel, D.K., you know, picked it over all those guys. But I think yeah. uh, Scary Terry, too, was in that class, you know, for the football team. But, yeah. hey, you can't – uh, What I do have to say, though, is I think we as fans judge too harshly on our team's first-round picks. Like, like, yes, we want them to be good. The thing is you can't hit 100% of the time. Like, some people are, are peak at, at college. Some people peak in high school. Like, we know those mm-hmm. kids. You know, like, right. like we know that and because mentally they can't do it or maybe it's, it's too physical. Right. And so what you do is you say, based on their performance in this time frame, this is what they are. Right. And so who knows? I mean, think about it. Tom Brady was a six round pick. No one thought he was going to be that good. Right. And now he's the greatest quarterback of all time. And so do you roast everyone, everyone's first through first round through fifth round draft pick until Tom Brady? I mean, yeah, maybe. How, how many how many <laughs> six round guys win seven Super Bowls? Not a lot, right? Like, I would say, hey, you got a needle in the haystack. Good for you guys, and you just move on, right? And so, I right. think he'll Harry. I think he'll. I think he'll be better. There's more weapons. And I mean, unless they trade him, because I thought he requested, but he, I don't know. He did, but it seems like they probably won't. Which is okay with me. Hmm. Me sometimes I think when you request a trade. To me, it looks like a I'm not willing to work type thing. Right. You know, unless you're like Julio Jones, right? He's like, guys, we're not winning. I don't want to be part of a rebuild. I understand that. Same thing like Aaron Rodgers, right? I don't want – this organization doesn't treat me right. I want to trade. But when it's a guy like that who's a rookie, you really haven't done much. Either say privately release me and I'll go find somewhere else or you suck it up. And you try your best to go. And if you get cut, you get cut. But guess what? Then that's your opportunity to say, okay, I'm going right. to make myself this type of this type of way or whatever. Right. And so I just want to ask the, the last question before we move on, talk a little more about the, uh, the other preseason game that happened. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, this is like personally from me to you. I, I still don't know the full answer. Uh, but you can say it right here on the podcast. Are you a bigger Patriots fan or a bigger Tom Brady fan? Because I know you you became a Patriots fan mostly because of Tom Brady. I think also you like their colors. Like that's what you told me back in the past. But I mean, yeah, yeah who are you more a fan like, of? Uh, well, I mean, for the viewers out there, I started liking them in two thousand and one. So I was like three. <laughs> I played the Rams, and everyone in my family was rooting for the Rams. And I was reading for the Patriots because their colors were like the American flag. And I just liked Tom Brady, I guess. 
is what my parents said. And ever since then, I've liked them. Um, and I'll answer it with this question, with, with this statement. If the Patriots and Buccaneers met in the Super Bowl, I would root for the Patriots over Tom Brady. Not because okay. Tom Brady – Tom Brady is my favorite player ever. And I have a Bucks um, shirt of him. Like, Tom Brady is my guy. But I'm a Patriots fan first and foremost, and that's who I am. So, like, All when right. they play – when the Buccaneers come into Foxborough and play the Buccaneers week four – Oh, if, yeah. the Patriots, if the Patriots won 42 to 7 and just blew them out, I'd be definitely okay with that. <laughs> but you so also I, wouldn't, you know, mind a, a close game, too. No, I wouldn't mind a close game and a Tom Brady one. I'd be like, uh, like, eesh. like, I wish Patriots would have won, but at the same time, Tom Brady is Patriot way and he's what made the Patriots onto the map. And so you can't be like, I'd say too cynical or, or too mean to him because he's what built the Patriots a lot. I mean, granted, we had other people in the past like like Bledsoe and Ty Law and other guys who were really good. But when you think right. of the Patriots, you think of Tom Brady. Yep. And I can't say anything bad about him just because he's brought me so much joy with all this stuff, you know, in, in my life with the NFL. And so, yeah, I'm a Patriots fan first and foremost. But second, like, it's like a 1A Patriot fan, 1B Brady fan. All right. Respect. I respect that. I just had, I wanted to know for sure. So now I know, you know, who you're rooting for, uh, life on the line. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, all right. So, yeah, we can talk a little bit about the, uh, the Steelers-Eagles Eagles game. And- um, I just – there's only a, a, a few things. Uh, first off – you know, the Eagles, they've been non-committal about who their starting quarterback is going to be, but I think it's just fluff at this point. I mean, I, I think they've got to roll with, you know, Jalen Hurts. I think they want him to be their starter. I mean, what do you who think they, about who, – Who is the other person they're thinking? Well, they have Joe Flacco and Nick Mullins as well. And they, yeah, they've, no, been, they've been non-committal about it, but, like, it's, it's got to be Jalen Hurts. I mean – No, everyone knows that his team is the reason why they drafted who they did in the draft. It's I mean, his, they needed his... they needed a wide receiver, but like, I mean, I love Jalen Waddle. I'm surprised he wasn't the first one off the board. Honestly, I would have picked him over Jamal Chase. But if I was the Bengals, I would have picked an O line instead. But anyways, that's besides yeah, the point. that's yeah. I think I, I think it's Jalen Hurts. I mean, he's mobile. He's younger yeah. than Flacco and Mullins, and. Why? I mean, you used what a first round or second round pick on him or something? They picked him in the second. They picked him in the second. Yeah, second round pick. So I mean, you might as well let him let him go. You know, like like let's let, let's yeah. see what he has. Because I mean, I, at the very end of the season, that's why Carson Wentz is in Indianapolis and not in Philadelphia. It's because they said, "Hey, we're gonna let Jalen Hurts try." I think he's got a lot of growth still to develop in his game. He's still definitely got some things he needs to improve on, but like. I mean, just from the sample size from last year, he had, like, one pretty good game uh, where he, you know, showed a lot when he, you know, became the starter over Carson Wentz. And, you know, his with his ability to move and, you know, you know, get out of the pocket if need be, a lot of people kind of see flashes of Russell Wilson in him. And I can see mm-hmm. that, too. And if that's, you know, the, the, the ceiling that he can reach, then it's, yeah, he's totally worth it because – Russell Wilson's a great quarterback. And yeah, I can see a lot of similarities. So I think Jalen Hurts 
has potential to be a really good quarterback in this league. And I know a lot of Eagles fans were mad when they picked him in the second round because they already had Carson Wentz. But, like, Carson Wentz, you know, I don't really know if he's going to, you know, I, I know he had that MVP, like, season before he got hurt when they actually won the Super Bowl. But he just hasn't been able to find any, a group since. And, I mean, maybe he'll be good with the Colts. I don't know. But, like, Jalen Hurts may be better than what Carson Wentz was. I don't know. We'll see. And, of course. We'll see. I do have to say, though, I like Carson Wentz a lot. And I think you all can agree this Colts team is probably the best team that Carson Wentz has been on when it right. comes to, like, O-line. I yeah. mean, that O-line is top five, so he's not going to run for his life. And I think his wide receivers have been – are better than what the Eagles had when he was there because it seemed yeah. like they were always – Hurts, you know. Did he request a trade, or they just decided to trade him? Um, I think he requested a trade. I think as well. I think he was a little unhappy, and they, I mean, they got rid of the coach, right? Carson Wentz, and so, you know, it'll be exciting. But yes, I, I don't think there's a controversy. I think it's Jalen Hurts. Um, <laughs> until it should he be. Otherwise. I mean, it should be like, why wouldn't you? You know, they're they're pretty dumb if they don't. You know, let yeah. him start. Hey, just saying, he could be an intriguing fantasy quarterback. And did he play last night? Hurt? He did for like one drive. I think he was no two drives. He had 54 yards. I saw a couple highlights during halftime. He had a, a guy open, and he just overthrew him. But it was oh. still a pretty good, pretty good throw. Uh, besides that, they the commentators have really good things to say. You know, his ability to to you know, make plays, you know, like he's your playmaker in Madden where he can, you know, escape and roll out of the pocket and find guys, which is like truly enticing mm-hmm. about him, which is what makes him, you know, really compared to Russell Wilson, who has the ability to do that uh, really yeah. well, you know, some of these great quarterbacks. So they had good things to say about him. And I mean, he was three for seven with 57 yards. So, I mean, not really, or 54 yards, not really, you know, anything yeah, like crazy. He had, he had one run for four yards. The commentators were saying that he should have just thrown it away instead of running because he went kind of – I think when he uh, ran, he went kind of like uh, like a running back and didn't like slide. I think he went kind of head head first when he went to the ground. So they were saying that he shouldn't do that. But, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's preseason. And, like, it's the first game they're playing against people who are not their teammates, you know? Right. So, I think that's why also we can't put too much stock into it. But, I mean, knowing that he only played two drives means he probably was a starter. Yeah. So, Joe Flacco with 178 yards and a touchdown. <laughs> yeah. So. Hey, uh, also, this makes me, you know, the, the Steelers, you know, quarterback, obviously it's going to be Big Ben. But Dwayne Haskins. They picked up Dwayne Haskins, who mm-hmm. 161 yards and a touchdown. He uh, – we watched uh, – um, and I had watched the drive where he actually threw the touchdown. He made a pretty – he actually uh, – the play before, it was supposed to be a run play, but everyone – he did it wrong. Like, he didn't do the right play. He was, like, on the wrong mm-hmm. side. But, like, the next down, it was, like, a third and long, and he threw a touchdown, but the guy was open. But he looked pretty good. Like, I don't know. Do you think he still got a shot in, you know, to be a, a starting quarterback in this league? Uh, what are your thoughts on I him? do. I think he'll be um, – I think he'll be a backup. I think he'll, he'll be out Mason Rudolph, I think, to Big Ben. And once Big Ben leaves, I think I think you give Haskins the start. I mean, he's a first-round pick, you know. And granted, I didn't get to watch him a lot um, because I was on a mission 
whenever yeah. he kind of was at Ohio State, I think for those one or two years, like I don't even remember, I don't even like know about right. that. Um, so I didn't know who the heck Dwayne Haskins was when I came back. I was like, who's this? Uh-huh. Um, I, yeah. So I mean, so I I I wish I could like say I watched him in college, but I didn't really. Um, but I mean, if you spend a first round pick on someone like that, like unless yeah. they just like unless his work ethic is just not good, you, you obviously yeah. know the talent is there and all that kind of stuff. And I think, I think honestly, being in Washington, I just don't think was the right fit for him. I think it was a little too much, and I think um, there wasn't culture there, like of what to do, not to do. And the Steelers mm-hmm. is kind of a no nonsense thing, but they can be a little fun, like you know Juju and Chase have TikTok and all that TikTok, stuff. Which, I mean, yeah. it's kind of like whatever, but I, that's kind of more his scene, yeah. you know, because he's young. I think he'll um, vibe more with some of those guys than mm-hmm. like the football team. Matty B, do you have a TikTok? Uh, I do. I don't post on it though. You do have one though. Mm. I do. I only have uh, like two videos. But anyways, um, I just I just uh, TikTok to watch the videos. Um, So, yeah. uh, Yeah. Going off back to Dwayne Haskins, I I pulled up his. I remember, obviously, the 2019 quarterback class hasn't been too. There wasn't it wasn't that, you know, much depth in it already. Uh, Daniel Jones still hasn't really proven us anything. But, you know, he's got an opportunity, you know, to you know, like be the guy and the first two years have been a mixed bag, but he's had the opportunity, you know, pretty much. And so this is like his third, you know, kind of final year. But uh, mm-hmm. a lot of people were like, man, you're crazy for drafting Daniel Jones over Dwayne Haskins. And yeah, I'm one of his quarterback stats from his uh, last year at OSU, 70% completion rate, 4,831 yards, 50 touchdowns, eight interceptions. So, you know, he had a really good year. And so his talent is definitely there. Now it's like you said, the fit may not have been the best and there's a little bit of question about his work ethic and kind of his just morals in general, I think stuff like that. So I do think, you know, he has a chance to be a, a good, you know, quarterback in this league, but I'm not too sure. I'm like iffy on it. Like, I don't know for sure if it'll happen, but the potential is definitely there. I agree. I actually, I saw a quote about, uh, Someone made about Zach Wilson, you know, your guy probably because he went to BYU. Uh, mm-hmm. That your minds, I think it was maybe Colin Coward. I I can't remember for sure, but it was something. Uh, he's like Zach Wilson reminds me a lot of uh, Johnny Manziel. Uh, he's talented, arrogant, has comes from a rich family. So I'm, <laughs> I mean, I hope that doesn't happen to him. Like he flames out, you know, like Johnny Manziel did. But do you think well, uh, Zach Wilson's arrogant and that kind of stuff? I'm just curious. I know he's talented, um, but do you think he's kind of arrogant and a little full of himself? Uh, personally, yeah, I do. I mean, I had friends on campus who had classes with him and and said he was a little <laughs> arrogant that way. But here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. At that position, you kind of have to be a little arrogant. Yeah. Right? There's I a mean, little bit of it. I mean, very very rarely do you find people like, like, like Russell Wilson or like um, – who, I'm trying to name quarterback who isn't a little arrogant. Um, who isn't? A Josh I mean, Allen. I guess Josh Allen's probably the perfect example of non-arrogant. But, I mean, everyone is arrogant in their own way. Like Aaron Rodgers, when he makes kind of his, like, you know, no-look passes, a little arrogant. 
when Tom Brady kind of posts his stuff, right? It's a little arrogant when Cam Newton dresses fancy and does other things, right? It's a little arrogant, right? So yeah. I think all have our, the little, you know, you're, when you know you're good, you could be a little arrogant. And Zach Wilson is a good quarterback. Do I think learn really quickly to just put his head down and, and, and learn? Yes, I do. But do I think he's going to be a bust? No, I don't. I think he's actually going to be really good for that team. And yeah. I think getting a fresh face in New York, um, their O-line got a little better. He actually got some fevers, actually, which is nice. Um, and he's run athletic. I mean, and, and he can swing the ball. Yeah, so, he can. That's his best part of his game. He can make any throw, any angle. Yeah, and so to me, I would – I mean, and but the thing is in New York, you kind of have to be a little arrogant, right? Like you have to say, I own this. Right, like I am the guy. Let right. me do this, you know. Yeah. So, that, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. You definitely New York is a big market, so it's going to be a lot of you know eyes on them. And you know that Jets team, I think is you know like at least you know the O line and stuff. I think they're a little better than they'll give credit for. It's not going to be like Joe Burrow in Cincinnati last year, where he had like no O line and he just got pummeled. I think Zach Wilson's yeah. going to have a pretty good year and i know you know chris sims uh, i call him the quarterback uh uh houdini you know because he's been like spot on with his quarterback predictions when he makes them and he has zach wilson as the best quarterback in the draft better than in this year's draft class better than trevor lawrence like he thinks he'll be better or is better so there's, yeah like, i think i the reason why i agree with him is because if you watched um last year's i think it was semi-final game was Clemson and Ohio State, right? Um, when we looked at it, I got a little nervous because whenever they started blitzing and pressuring Trevor, he kind of got a little flustered and kind of threw it away and kind of didn't want to take the hit, which to me showed, hmm, he might get a little flustered when things aren't going his way, blitzes and stuff. But with Zach, I do know we played an easier schedule than we were supposed to last year at BYU, but he had played other competition before, and he's taken some hits, you know? Like, he's he's been pressured. He's played people like USC and teams like that. On a BYU team, that's not as good as Clemson, and I know that. But what he did do is he showed me that he can stay in the pocket, he's willing to take a hit, and he's willing to be that guy. And so, yeah, I, I, so. I, agree, I agree with him. I honestly think that Zach Wilson will be the better quarterback but I don't know if it will be that much better. I think him and Trevor Lawrence are the two best quarterbacks in that class, and I think I, it's – I think that's it. With since, Trey Lance maybe coming up a little bit. Yeah, and, I mean, this quarterback class is, is pretty special. It's loaded. It's, it's, it's going to be fun to watch. Too. And then I want to also, you know, what your thoughts on – just might as well real quick. What are your thoughts also on, like, Justin Fields even as well, and, you know, for the Bears, like, you think he's going to be good too? Yeah, honestly, I think all these quarterbacks are going to be good. I think this is going to be like that. You know how, like, in the NBA, there's the what? Is it a one draft class, right? With, like, was that with Kobe and LeBron and all that? Or whatever that. LeBron and LeBron, Anthony, Bosch are 03, Nash, Kobe, AI, 96, Ray Allen. Yeah, those are, like, the two, yeah, the two best classes. Yeah, yeah. So, for me, I think I think this quarterback class is going to make that 96 class. With Nash and Kobe and AI and all of them. Speaking of, honestly, this year's draft class, NBA draft class, might be as good as the 96 draft class. That, this draft was loaded, honestly. Yes. But and so that's that, a, we, we yeah, 
we can, a, we can go on to the, the actual perfect, summer league then. Perfect. Um, but I would agree. I think this draft class is really good. I mean, out of the, I mean, the top six that went off, it was uh, what Cade Cunningham, then Jalen Green, right? Yeah, they had and a then, really good duel. Uh, when and, they played. Evan, and then like Evan Lee, Jalen Suggs. I mean, they were all really good. Scotty Scotty like Barnes said, went to the Raptors. At Scotty four. Barnes is really good too. I mean, it's like you said, that I that could be just like a really good draft class. And you know, like you know, players in the second round that I think are going to be really good, like Jared Butler, um, Ayo Desumu has, I think, potential. Shreve Cooper was, you know, in the second part of the second round, which didn't seem, you know, possible with, a, you know, a guy who's, you know, so, like, you know, with magic with the ball in his hands is what they, they call him, you know, so. Oh, and then Mac McClung was also, he, he wasn't even drafted. Undrafted, yeah, there's just a lot of good players in this draft. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, Kate Cunningham and Jalen, you know, Green had a real good uh, duel, uh, and they're already kind of like already not like a beef or anything. But I remember uh, Jalen Green quoted like, "I can't wait, you know, to prove that I should be number one, especially when we play Detroit." You know, so there's already a little bit of kind of stuff going on there. Um, you know, I- I'll be honest, I didn't follow college basketball as much as I normally do this past year, just because it was such a weird schedule. It was wacky games would get canceled, you know, it's, you know, it's tough to follow. So I didn't follow it as good as I, you know, normally do. And yeah, so I didn't really know too much about the guys coming out. I obviously knew I've knew, known of them because of, you know, how they were ranked in high school and, you know, like Kate coming in Cunningham, I've known for like over a year now, at least that he was going to be the number one pick most likely. Who do you think is going to be the best player from the this year's draft class? And maybe the summer league is already, you know, ants, you know, showing you a little, you know, glimpse of that. Like, who do, but who do you think is going to end up being, you know, the, the best player in this draft class? Is it going to be Cade, Jalen, even someone not in the top two? I think it could be Cade, or my top three would either be Cade, Barnes, or Suggs. I like yeah, Jalen Suggs the five is really good. Yeah, I think that was a good pick for them. I really like Scotty Barnes. I do. Evan Mobley is good. I don't know. It's really hard because I like all the guys that were in the top like six. And then even my Michigan guy, Wagner, was number eight. He was nine, um, but close enough. Was he nine? Sorry, yeah. nine. Um and I followed the college basketball a little bit more closely than you just because my Michigan team was doing super well. BYU was doing pretty well. Shout out to UCLA for knocking both of them out in the same t- same <laughs> tournament. <laughs> oh, we don't have to talk. We don't have to talk about UCLA right now. Um, anyways, though, <laughs> um, but I, I remember Watcade at Oklahoma State. Um, and to me, I I like that. I like what he did. And same thing with like what Ben Ben Simmons did. Even though I wish Ben Simmons would have played a little bit harder. Um. Instead of course, like the base schools and teaming up with like a lot of these, like you know, all McDonald Americans and stuff like that, he went to the school that was, I think, close to home. I believe he's from Oklahoma. Um, Cade is. Mm-hmm. Um, but he wanted to like make a statement, like I am the best player on this team. I'm the best player in you know that I think I am, and let me show you what I can do. And when I watched from Oklahoma State, he made that team better. Like. 
I assume there's some fringe NBA players on that team. Obviously, if you make the NCAA tournament, usually you have like maybe one or two, you know, NBA guys on the team, right? But he made that team really good, something that they haven't been in a long time, probably since Marcus Smart was at Oklahoma State, you know? And so I really like that from Tay, and I think that's what's happening in Detroit. He's going to take a lot of these guys that maybe – maybe don't believe in themselves or, or haven't had the shot. And he's going to say, Hey, let's, let's do this together. And I love that they have Jeremy Grant. I think he's great. Um, Kate Cunningham is good. Killian Hayes is going to be good. Sadiq Bay is also good. So I really like Kate. I, I think he, for me, I would have picked him first. And I think he's going to be the best one in the draft. But after that, I think you have that next tier of, of Green, Mobley, Barnes and Suggs. I think any one of them could be end up two through five, honestly, in some yeah. order. There has been, I mean, I'm looking at the summer league now and kind of, you know, some takeaways in the stats. There's been some really good, I think that just shows uh, how deep this draft class really is going to end up being. There's just been some great players in the summer league, some great rookies uh, who weren't in the lottery even, who have shown a lot of promise. Like, you know, there, a lot of people are saying the Rockets have had a, so far. I mean, based off, of course, it's only summer league. We'll have to see how they play in the NBA. But normally, when you play good in the summer league, there's a good chance that you're gonna, uh, you know, perform well at the at the in the league. You know, that's kind of like a the first sign, uh, especially when I uh, later picks. You know, play really well in the summer league, and end up being you know, draft steals. But there's been some really good uh, players, you know, and. Um, a lot of, you know, like I'm just looking, you know, Jalen Johnson uh, to the Hawks, uh, Josh Christopher, Alperin Singen. I've, I don't know. He was, he's a forward player, but he had a lot of hype around him. He was out of the lottery. And the summer league has been like, I haven't really watched him much. I, sh- much. I should probably watch more. It's been pretty exciting. It looks like a lot of really good players, um, you know, Trey Jones, uh, Tyrese Maxey have been really good. Uh, Bull Bull even, you know, he's kind of still doing his thing, you know, at his incredible size and how he can handle. I watched like a highlight of him making a block and then driving, you know, handling it down the court and then scoring layup on the other end. There's just a lot of good young talent in the NBA, and it's really exciting to see. Um, give me, you know, kind of your – oh, yeah, there's one more thing I want to say. Like, Kenneth Farid is, is playing on a summer league team, I saw. Um, there's another kind of – Brandon Knight, Brandon Knight's playing in the summer league. <laughs> it's kind of, you know, these veterans who, you know, they haven't had a home. They're playing in the summer league too, which has been very interesting, but I want you to give me your, like, who has impressed you the most and like in the summer league and based, like, it doesn't even have to be a rookie, but like who's impressed you the most and uh, the summer league and like, you know, it probably depends on where they were picked in their respective draft, but who's been like the most impressive in your eyes. Um, for me, I think I'm probably a little bit biased because I'm also an Oregon fan and I love, I know where you're, I know you're going with this, uh, but yeah, I like Peyton Pritchard. I, I thought lot. he was a great pick for the Celtics. Yeah. I really wanted the Bucks to draft him if he fell, but, and I really didn't think he was going to get, I was, I was a little scared he might get picked, you know, uh, earlier first round or I mean, like in the first round, you know, before the Bucks, but mm-hmm. I really wanted to, to slip to the Bucks so they could pick him. Not saying they would have, but when they, the Celtics picked him at 26, I was like, ah, I, that guy's going to be really good. I watched him a lot yeah. in college. 
Yeah, I watched him a lot in college, and like when he came in and played with the Celtics, he's really good. Yeah, I know the I know the Celtics just signed Dennis Schroeder and stuff, hmm. but what I think they're doing is they're they're kind of grooming Pritchard to be that starting point guard, and I think he can. Yeah, like I think he's he, made, got a chance. he makes good decision, and the thing too, he played four years at Oregon, and he's a little older. He's like I think twenty six, I think something like that. Right. Um. So he's almost like a BYU guy. When BYU guys come out, you know, we're always a little older because we either go on missions or whatever. But that makes you just that much stronger and a little bit better decision maker. And so I, I really like Pritchard, and I think he's done a really good job with the Celtics um, last year, but also in the summer league. So for me, it's probably Pritchard just because I'm a little bit biased because I love Oregon. But if it's a non-Oregon player, um, I've always liked Jalen Suggs, but I, I, he's, I thought he's been doing really well. So that or Christopher, because ASU is also my team as well. So probably those three guys are probably impressed for me. Yeah. There's just so many. Like, I'm looking at the summer league stats and just, the you know, the players themselves. There's just so much talent in this draft. It's crazy. So many good players. Uh, I think who's impressed me the most would have to be um, – I want to go uh, an undrafted guy for the Heat, Max Struess. Is that how you say his name? He's I think been, so. He hit the game winner in one of them. He's been a baller. Uh, he's been really good in the summer league for them. Uh, he's really impressed me. I think he's going to make that team with how he's playing or another team, you know, but. Or, or Jello. Oh, yeah. Oh, of course, yeah. we got to talk about LiAngelo Ball. Of course. I mean, he's he's been good, definitely, but with compared to some of these other guys, though. Uh, and he hasn't been like that great, but like this, like I said, the summer league is like stacked, honestly, with talent. So he has, I think he has a good chance to make an NBA roster though, as a, you know, really as a, a shooter, he's a great shooter, but, uh, who else has impressed me? Um, I want to say Jalen Suggs, honestly, like he was great in the, what he's played. I, I heard he had to. South Alaska with a hand injury, but the games he has played, he's been great. Uh, I thought at five, he was, he was really good value. I thought he probably should have been a top three pick. So the Magic weren't even expecting him to be there, but when he fell, they were like, oh, okay, well, we'll take him. <laughs> even though they already have, you know, Cole Anthony and uh, Marco Fultz kind of in the, the guard position, but I thought he's been great. And then honestly, I'm going to go with a uh, Who, trade. Who's that who's awesome? You said Suggs, right? Yeah, Suggs. And then I'm going to go yeah. with Trey Jones for the Spurs. I really oh. liked him coming out of uh, Duke. Duke. I thought the the Spurs got a really good player in him. I think, And I thought he was the perfect player for them to develop because he's really good vision, really good defender. The only thing you really need to work on was his, sh- uh, his uh, shot. But, like, I'm looking at his summer league stats, and he's been, you know, he's, averaging, he's shooting 50% from the field and averaging 24 points a game. So, like, you know, I think he's got a chance to be really, really good. Maybe even a starting point guard. I don't know. But at least a backup one for sure. Uh, and, I and, think was, what we, and I think what we have to, like, remember, too, is all these guys playing in the summer league could be, like, NBA-level talent. And so what they're doing is because in the summer league doesn't mean they're bad players. Like, right. they're better than probably 99% of us. So – and that's why I like that, that you brought up Trey Jones, because I think some of us kind of forgot, because he played last year, you know, 
on the Spurs, right? Just very briefly, yeah. Just very I mean, brief. Very, yeah. But now we see him in a start in a role kind of like this, and it's really cool to see, you know. And so I, I agree. I think Trey Jones is he's he's another good one too. I I kind of forgot because I thought he was yeah. Back to the uh, you know the remember the 2019 Duke team. I mean, you didn't you know you were on your mission. You didn't get to see it firsthand, but you know they had Zion, R.J. Barrett, Cam Reddish. And I thought Trey Jones was the most important player to that team. If I'm being honest, like he, well, he led the offense. He was a great, you know, like I said, great defender. I thought he was the, the most important part of that team. And I know that sounds crazy with Zion Williamson. And I'm not saying that he was the best player on the team by any chance, but I thought he was the most important player. And so I, I already liked him then. And then obviously when I guess, he's, you know, he stayed a year and, when I saw him, you know, I was watching the draft live in 2020 and I saw the Spurs draft. I was like, that's a really good pick. He's going to, they're going to develop him. Like the Spurs are a perfect team for him too, because they're great at shooting. You know, they're shooting coach. Like they turned Kawhi into a great shooter mm-hmm. or, you know, for when he couldn't really shoot. So I was like, that's a perfect fit. They're going to develop him. And, and I think he's going to be a really good player. You know, start probably starting level, I feel like, at least, you know, with the Spurs probably. But yeah. That's uh, those are my three guys who impressed me, and I I need to watch more summer league. But you know the preseason is starting and the Lions are on tonight, so I'll probably be watching some of that, which I'm excited for. <laughs> Good to see old yeah. Jared Jared Goff. Jared Goff. Jared Goff, you excited? Um, for for him with with him. Yeah, the Lions. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, who does Cam Thomas play for? Didn't uh, do you play for LSU? The the Nets, of course. Oh, the, the Nets. The Nets yeah. got the Nets are already great, and then they got someone to solidify it, like be you know, instant, probably instant impact on the bench. That just shows yeah, you how good this draft yeah. class is. Like Sharif, you know, like I said, Sharif Cooper going to the Hawks, and he's only going to be a backup because he's not going to you know beat out Trey Young, but he's going to be like a great backup off the bench. And he was late second round, like forty eight, or you know. It's just such a good draft class. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought Cam Thomas was a great pick for the Nets. I was a little upset they got him. I'm curious, yeah. though, to see, like, you know, the Suns didn't have a pick. They ended up not getting anyone. They, they traded for uh, Landry Shamit, which who the Nets ended up getting Cam Thomas from. They, they opted to go for a veteran, you know, rather than a, one of these players. So – We'll see how that turns out. But the Bucks, I was a little – their picks have uh, – their, their two second-round picks they picked late were a little interesting, I will say. They're, they picked uh, uh, Sandro Mamush Kelishvili from Seton Hall, who's like a 6'11", almost point forward. Um, and then they picked some guy from Greece. I don't know. <laughs> so the Bucks draft, uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll just say whatever, I guess. Yeah, I was a little sad because Jimmer was supposed to play for the Nuggets. Oh yeah, but then he he <sighs> he said he couldn't or whatever. But I think that would have been good for him. I just want to see. I want to see a team like yeah, like a summer league team would be perfect. Just you know, let Jimmer do what he did at BYU and just let him control the offense and just shh, let it rain from three. And I just want to see and how he does. Here's the thing for me: like when you have teams like like the Knicks or teams like that who cannot shoot. <laughs> if I was a GM, maybe not even uh, I'd bring in Jimmer, maybe not even to I, play, but just to teach them 
how to shoot the freaking ball because obviously Jimmer can shoot. Like we all know that, right? Yeah. So obviously what he's doing works. And so I'd be like, when, hey, you may not play the most, but please help these guys shoot. When when Jimmer uh, joined the Suns for like, a, you know, the end of the year in 2019, which was really cool, obviously. I think it would have been cool if he got a Jimmer jersey. But uh, when he joined them, he his first game they, they kind of let him do that you know they let like the coach it was that one coach uh for coach no Igor yeah Igor um he was there when we got a year but he played in the first game and he it was in Utah too so like you know BYU and stuff so I think he let him go crazy but then he, he, he Jimmer went 0 for 10 <laughs> I remember looking at the stats I think he had two three free throws and that's it he went 0 for 10 I don't know what he shot from three. I just remember him going over 10. I was like, oh, man, that's not a good start. And then I remember after that, he didn't play nearly as much. Because I think uh, the coach was like, all right, well, you shot way, you know, way too much. And because I think he he kind of just played like he was at BYU and he just shot a ton and he missed all his shots. So, but, you know, Jimmer at BYU was like, he was huge. Like he was such a nation you know no name and if it was like in this day and age where social media was super big he would be like super popular even way more than he was then because it was so fun to like watch you know jimmer range like and people would say jimmer when like he was so big that some people would even say jimmer when they would shoot like deep threes you know to compare with kobe i mean still even playing pickup basketball like i go to like texas or or go whatever and they're like you know because i'm white you know I shoot, you know, shoot deep three. They're like, oh, so that's Jimmer range now. I mean, it's still, I mean, it's been 10 years and mm. everyone's still saying Jimmer range, right? And I, so, I just, I just wish you got you know, a more, yeah, you go, you go. I mean, and when you think about it, two guys who were in that tournament that same year, that shot like that was Steph and Jimmer. <laughs> and so I know how everyone says that Steph changed the game. And he did, he did change the NBA. But I want to say that Jimmer changed the college game to make threes more fun because we, I mean, no one really knows Steph and his, like, I mean, granted you and I do because we love basketball and we, we knew yeah. Matt David. I would say maybe but like, like his tournament run. Yeah. But that was a year later though. Well, uh, Steph. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm saying it's like his tournament run. I mean, some people might have known him from that, but like, yeah, besides that, not really. Yeah. But everyone knows Jim. I mean, everyone turned to watch Jimmer and, that's kind of what made it fun to watch. And then that year later, you had Steph do his Elite Eight run. Hitting no, three uh, that too. Steph, Steph was before Jimmer, technically. Was before Jimmer? His, his tournament run was in 08, yeah. And he, he was drafted in 09, so Jimmer was only like oh, a right. sophomore. Jimmer was 10. And Jimmer was 10. You're right. Jimmer was 10. When Jimmer he was, was 11. 11. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, but yeah, I, I wish he had gotten more of a fair chance because he was one of the most most exciting players to watch, definitely. But yeah. the Kings was not and, a good not a good franchise for yeah, the go to. Yeah, not 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 to bag on the Kings, but low key they. To, yeah, they, they... <laughs> to be fair though, I don't think they they realized they drafted you know Isaiah Thomas the last pick in that draft. I don't think they knew what they had in him because he uh you know ended up being a great player. And speaking of him, you know dropping you know, buckets in these charity games, I think he deserves another chance to be on an NBA team. I guess he was with the Pelicans of his past year and he didn't play that great, but I think he could still offer something to a team. And it's also just so crazy. It's like with Jimmer, but this is for Isaiah Thomas. He was one year away from getting a, a max contract 
because he, you know, he was he was fifth in MVP voting in that 16-17 season, and he was like third in the league in scoring. He averaged 29 a game, and then that hip injury, I guess he sustained, just plummeted his career like crazy. And he went from almost having a max contract of like veterans minimums, which I it's really sucks for him because it was just the timing of it all. Like, and I hope he can get another chance because he's you know he's talked about how he feels fully healthy again, and he's I know it's you know the drew league and stuff. And it's, you know, it's not that tough competition, but he still, you know, scored 81 points. So he was obviously making a lot of the shots he took. So I think he still got something, you know, for a bench, probably a bench, you know, in the NBA. So I hope he gets another chance. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it was Kobe or, or whoever said it, but they said 81 is 81, right? Yeah. Like, like just, I mean, granted, if you're 20 years old, hooping on like eight year old, yes, you're probably already at 81, but, most of the time, when you're older, you play against people who are your same age. And if you score 81, it means you scored 81. Like, it's hard to do. Like, I remember when I played, it was two years ago because of COVID. You know, I was doing my rec league here at BYU. Oh, and I think yeah. I dropped like 30 that one yeah, game. And you're I was like, super dude, pumped you're on. You. Yeah, you're like, dude, you're on fire. But I mean, that was 30. IT scored 50 more points than that. It's like, Okay, that's yeah. kind of insane. Yeah, and uh, actually, I want to bring this up now because I didn't get to explain it last one of the earlier podcasts, but I remember telling you, um, I you were like Chris Middleton on our team, and you're like, how am I Chris? How's that Chris Middleton? Uh, mm-hmm. Some games, and I remember when you had sent me your stats that you had saved on your phone when you got back. Mm-hmm. One game, 21 points. Second game, seven. 28 points, six. Like you would score twenty or, or or single digits, pretty much it seemed like, and so that's why you're Chris Middleton because you were super consistent on our rec league team. Because <laughs> like some games you would make you know a lot of your shots, and then some games you missed everything almost, and you'd only score six points. So I I, I want to get that. and that's that was like your BYU league too, uh, team too. You had the thirty one points, and I think the next game you had like ten. You know, so like yeah, you're definitely an on and off kind of kind of player, which isn't a bad thing, but it can be frustrating. I feel like, especially for you when you're just, you can't make anything. It seems like. And <laughs> yeah. It's frustrating. if like all of a sudden you've got 31, one game and then like, you know, you have like a four, four day break and you go and play another game and literally <laughs> you're just shooting bricks. You're like, bro, it was going in like four days ago. <laughs> and it's like the same form, same shots, you know, it's like, okay, yeah, whatever. But that makes sense. That makes sense. I want to get that up there. Uh, yeah. All right. Now, uh, yeah, we've been talking for a pretty almost an hour now, and you didn't think we were going to talk for that long. But hey, look, that I mean, that's that's a, we just you know jumped into to different things. But uh, I want to talk about obviously you mentioned it in the uh, opening, the last uh, topic, uh, the Field of Dreams, which was I think was a really cool event, and it was a great game too. It was like a it was like a you know the perfect game to go with the, the event. And I thought it was, I always, I joked, you know, when the ball home runs were hit, it didn't look far at all. Home runs didn't, you know, cause the cornfield really you know, like messed, messed up the, uh, the illusion of the field. But whenever mm-hmm. you'd hit a home run, you're not finding that ball again in the thick of that, that cornfield. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. what do you think about the, have you actually watched the field of dreams? Like the movie I'm curious. And then also like, what did you just what did you think about the event and everything? Uh and just kind of talk so, about that. I have not watched Field of Dreams. 
um, I need to. There's actually a couple of baseball movies that I actually want to watch, like uh, mm-hmm. I think Trouble with the Curve. I think is one of them that I would like to watch. Right. Um, Field of Dreams also. Um, but even though I didn't watch Field of Dreams, I knew that it was happening. I think last year's when they announced this game, I believe. Um, and I kind of looked up like the you know the artwork for Field of Dreams and all that stuff, and I thought it was a cool concept. Um, and like I said, I was refing soccer, so I didn't get to watch it. And also, I don't really watch baseball games; they're a little boring to me. Yeah, I do watch are. highlight. I do watch highlights though. Um, but last night, I thought the aura was good. I thought it was really a really well done event. Um, having it um, in Iowa and kind of in the field, I think it made us kind of kind of go back to a little bit of childhood. You know, I mean, granted. You and I, we didn't play in, you know, Field of Corn in Missouri, but we right. did play in just, you know, some kind of, you know, just abandoned yards, you know, in Missouri, you know, trying to hit hit balls and hit home runs, you know, and I think it kind of brought me back shout, to that. And then shout out to the Stone you know, Metal uh, baseball field where we would yeah, play. Yeah, where we would just pitch and play, right? And so yeah. I think it brings you back to that. But then, you know, at ninth inning, it's 4 4, and then it becomes 7 4 for the Yankees, I think, right? Was it, it, was, was it, four, it, was, four it was four to seven, and then the Yankees hit two, two run. Aaron Judge and young Carl Stanton hit two, two run home runs to take the lead, eight, seven. Eight, and seven. Then, and then and the then walk off, a two run home run. home run. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, I knew it was seven, four. I just can't remember. Like I said, didn't really watch it, but like I watched the highlights, you know? Yeah. Um, and, I, and I saw those bombs by Judge and <laughs> Stanton, and, you right. know, you're like, you're like, okay, yeah this game is good. There's been home runs, there's been stuff. And then also it adds to the drama on top of the ninth. And you're like, Oh my gosh, these guys need to score, you know, two runs in the ninth inning, bottom of the nine. Mm-hmm. And then this guy, I mean, I think it was Tom, Tom Anderson. Is that right? Uh, home run? Yes. I believe that's how you, uh, I think it's Tom or Tim Anderson. One of the, something like that. Tim, Tim or Tom Anderson. I think is that right. It is Tim Anderson. Yeah. Tim Anderson. Um, all of a sudden, he looks. I mean, I watched the highlights. Um, yeah, I saw. And that. when he hit that ball, I mean, he knew it was gone. Yeah, he did. And but it post- was, but it was super cool, though. I mean, just like and after that, the fireworks going in the corn. I, yeah, I, just that, think, I want to mention that. I just think it was just um, almost like a storybook type ending. I mean, it was. You know, when you're younger and when we play basketball, right by ourselves, we go, okay, and here comes Matt down the court with the, you know. Last second shot, three, two, one. Well, three, two, if you one. make it, yeah, if you make it, great. But if you miss it, the clock resets, right? Yeah, and you, you and, do it again until you make kind it. Of when, yeah, we play baseball, right? You always want to have, like, that walk-off home run or, or the walk-off uh, run, you know? It's every kid's And dream. he did that. And it's in the middle of Iowa. I mean, the first game ever in, in MLB history in Iowa, the picture book setting, I mean, all that stuff. I mean, it just – it's almost like you couldn't have written a better script yeah. for the game. You know, and I, I love how when he hit it, he knew it was gone too. Like when he hit it, I actually want to bring this up though. Now, um, now I, I do know that the the field was a regulation size, and I believe that and everything. But I mean, I don't know if just because you know I'm not a huge baseball fan, but I know a little bit, obviously, and I'm no baseball expert. But there's eight total home runs in this game, and that's a lot for baseball mm-hmm. like more than normal for sure so i wonder if it's like the field if it was like you know because it, it was shorter obviously i think in terms of the walls i don't know for sure 
Um, but like, I don't know if it was the magic of the field too, but like, how are there so many home runs? <laughs> well, I think just, I mean, if you think about it though, sometimes that can happen. Like if you leave a pitch too high or too low for someone who likes it that way, you can get it gone. And, and I think, you know, um, you know, how basketball, um, we're getting more athletic, bigger, stronger. I think baseball, same thing. Almost seems like everyone now can hit a home run. You know, like you don't really have a lot of the Derek Jeters who just go for contact and, and on base. You have a lot of guys who can hit a home run who you don't think necessarily could. And so um, I do not think what the center field wall was like four, 400, maybe 410. I, I didn't. I, all I know, it was shorter than some other people's like center fields. And I mean, obviously, like, like with like Boston, you know, they have the monster, you know, and if you don't hit over it, it's on a home run. <laughs> right, you know, so I mean, there's a lot are different about Little Dreams, but to me, I mean, we kind of, I mean, I love watching the Home Run Derby. Like, I actually watch that because I love seeing people just crank balls out of the park. And last night, to me, if I were to watch that game, I would have loved seeing eight home runs. So, personally, I think it's great. I think it's awesome, especially because it seems like we get a lot of no hitters nowadays, and so knowing that people can still hit dingers and do all that stuff. I think it's good. So I don't have any problem with it. I think yeah. it's fine. And, but like, I, I, no, I'm said, not saying it was a problem. I'm just saying, yeah, like what you thought, uh, why you thought there's so many. <laughs> and, and like we said, I think the game, I think honestly was, I think that's probably the game of the season so far. Honestly. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, it was cool to just see that i just want to even see the field experience it. and then obviously seeing the walk off all the ninth inning home runs in general um the fireworks going off that was just awesome it was great uh i i'm yeah i'm sure they're gonna keep that as a tradition going and i'll probably tune in to watch some of it every year honestly if i can because <laughs> it was awesome yeah honestly i probably would too because I, I think i think just the scenery to me kind of does it because i mean baseball is kind of slow and boring but um, I know Joe Buck was the announcer, and he's really good. I know people don't like him. I think he's really good. Joe Buck. Announcing. Um, it's because of the stories, you know. But I think it's really cool, too. And, and I need to watch the movie now. Um, but I think that's also what made it special, too, is because it's based off the movie. And it's, uh, I believe that same exact place where they filmed the movie, I think, is where they built the stadium. So yeah. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, it's it's cool. Um just the, the whole field and everything. It was, it was awesome. Um, yeah, I say though that those are our topics and I would say that wraps it up, uh, for this podcast episode four, it was honestly a lot longer than we thought, but Hey, we're not going to complain. We, we talked a lot about, you know, different things that we didn't plan to originally, but that's, that's the joy of it. I had a, I had a great time and I'm really excited, you know, for the, the summer league to keep going on and then obviously the NFL starting back up. That's going to be great. And then MLB postseason push is coming up. So we're still maybe in a little bit of a dry kind of area of sports for the next like two or so weeks. Soccer, soccer starting back up. Soccer. League, I mean, yeah. Liga, so. <laughs> soccer, I guess, but yeah. Um, yeah, man, it was fun. Uh, that's episode four. Thank you guys. As we say at the end of every episode, it'll be, uh, the video version on YouTube. Uh, and you can also listen to it on Spotify or Apple podcasts. And the links are all to all those are, you know, in the descriptions of all of those. So you can 
interchanged through whatever you want to watch or listen to. So yeah, thank you guys. No Notes Podcast Episode 4. We're heading out. Maddie B and H Double. See ya. See ya. See ya. Yeah.